You are Locked On Vols, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, the daily Tennessee podcast. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. That didn't go so well for the Vols on Saturday. That's putting it mildly. On today's show, you will hear from Jeremy Pruitt. I'll talk about what happened in Tennessee's loss to Florida. It was ugly early, and it was ugly throughout for Tennessee against the rival Gators in Neyland Stadium. 47 points Florida was able to put up on Tennessee. One of the ugliest performances you're going to see by a Tennessee football team at Neyland Stadium. So on today's show, we'll go through all of it. The turnovers, that's really the start of it. The offensive line, the issues there, and effort issues that Tennessee dealt with. There's also a question about what's going on with Corte Sapp, Tennessee's fourth-year linebacker, and the health of Jarrett Garantano. All of that right here on Locked on Vols, the daily Tennessee podcast, five days a week, talking about what's going on with Tennessee. Today, presented by The Athletic. Check out theathletic.com slash rockytalk for 40% off a first-year subscription. Also, FanDuel, MyBookie, and Vivid Seats. The show is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, the third-party apps as well. It is locked on balls. So it starts with the turnovers, doesn't it? Tennessee turning the ball over six times against the Gators. And Tennessee turned it over a couple of times early, setting up Florida for easy scores. You just can't do that in that game. How much last week on the show did we talk about Tennessee needing to force turnovers on defense? and to win the turnover battle. And why do we talk about that? Because Jeremy Pruitt kept talking about it. He said, turnovers are going to matter. Tennessee only forced one turnover. Tennessee gave it up six times. You're going to lose every time that happens. Almost every time at least. And you should expect to lose when that happens. Especially when you are setting up the opposing team for easy scores. On Florida's scoring drives, the average starting position was Tennessee's 39. Tennessee essentially gave the game to Florida. The Vols at least spotted Florida enough points to make it easy to run away from Tennessee in the end with a 47-21 win over Tennessee. So the conversation starts with the turnovers. Jeremy Pruitt talked about that Saturday night after the game, the issues with giving the ball up to the Florida Gators and how they took advantage of it. You know, when you continue to let people run and hit the quarterback in the back when he's not looking – Eventually, he's going to drop the ball. Uh, you know, uh, we got an explosive play. You know, Austin, I felt like he had the ball high and tight. He's trying to compete. He's got to squeeze the ball and finish down there on the goal line. You know, we got a bad snap again in the red area. So two of our turnovers were in the red area. Um, you know, it's something we focus on every day, trying to get them, uh, trying not to give them up. And for us to have success, uh, we need to be on the other side. We need to be in the in the plus four, you know. That's um, what we have to do if we if if we want to uh, give ourselves a chance to win. Plus four, Tennessee was minus five against Florida. That's a nine turnover difference in what Jeremy Pruitt expects from his team. But it's been one of the biggest selling points from Jeremy Pruitt to his team. Go get the football. Remember what Nigel Warrior said before the season begins when he met with the media. What they hear so much from the coaching staff? You don't get the ball out as a defensive player. You don't make no money. So when we want some money, you know, we want to, we want the big bucks later on. You know, when we go off in the in the draft, and we want to be great. So 
I just think it's when you see that football, it's a it's a money bag, and we need it. We need it. So that's what they emphasize on this. Go get it. You know, go get it. Florida was the one that ended up with the money bag at the end of the game. So turning the ball over, that was the biggest issue. That set Florida up to be in a much easier position to put points on the board. And Tennessee's defense was going to try to challenge Felipe Franks and the Gators and and make them prove that on the road they could go score. Well, it was a lot easier for Florida when they had the ball near Tennessee's end zone, and that's the way it started out for Florida on Saturday night. So turnovers is where the bad starts. The offensive line play, it was awful. And it's not just the offensive line play, the tight ends. That's something that has been discussed here on the show a lot. Tennessee's need for the tight ends to be very involved in the running game and they just weren't good enough. The first turnover, Jeremy Pruitt mentioned, it had seven-man protection. Well, that's more than your five offensive linemen. It's just not good enough. The tight ends, running backs protecting as well. It was awful. It was terrible. And Jared Garantano got beaten up on Saturday night because of it. I think Tennessee fans also probably became frustrated watching Tennessee continue to run the football ineffectively on first down, knowing that the offensive line was having such a difficult time opening up holes or getting a push along the line of scrimmage. The safety that Florida was able to get looked so easy because Tennessee was able to get no push up front, and it was easy for Florida to apply the pressure to get into the backfield to score the safety against Tennessee. Jeremy Pruitt talked about that. The difference among the Tennessee Vols and Florida Gators along the line of scrimmage. Too much push. Yeah, absolutely. It's too much push. I mean, uh, I've said it from the first game. We've talked to it about our team. There's too much hidden yardage that we lose in every game. You know, we hit a guy at the line of scrimmage, and then he falls for three yards instead of going the other way. You know, I don't think it's hard to see tonight. You know, when those guys hit us, I felt like we didn't fall forward a whole lot. Uh, When we hit them, I felt like they fell forward. So we've got to be stronger tackling. We've got to finish – blockers we got to finish runners um but yeah that adds up over the course of a game so offensive line play play along the line of scrimmage that was bad and then something else the start of the second half as bad as the first half was when Tennessee came out for the start of the second half there was at least a chance for Tennessee to create some kind of momentum it's 26 to 3 at halftime you feel terrible about your chances to win the game But what if you come out and have a scoring drive and make it 26-10? If you're able to go get a touchdown, cut it to a two-score lead early in the third quarter at home, you'll have a little momentum on your side. What happens? Tennessee fumbles the kickoff, touchdown Florida on the very next play, a 19-yard touchdown run by Jordan Scarlett. You might have seen on the play. If you haven't, go back and watch it. The effort on trying to tackle Jordan Scarlett was non-existent. Wasn't there. And that is a very bad sign. Now, you had some players that continued to fight afterward, but that's a really bad sign. You're at home. You're trying to get something going to start the third quarter. And what happens? You turn the ball over again, and you whiff because you're not trying to tackle Florida's runner who is able to cruise into the end zone on a 19-yard touchdown run. I promise Jeremy Pruitt saw that on film, and I promise that Florida players heard about it, and that's another sign of what Tennessee is trying to overcome, what Jeremy Pruitt and his coaching staff are trying to change, the mindset, uh, that word culture, if you want to use it here, 
Uh, I'll talk about that coming up on the show, but that was a very concerning sign. When you see that this early in the season, lack of effort at such a critical point in the game. I mean, what if you what if you're able to stuff Florida and force the Gators into a field goal, which you know, let's say they get the three points. That's no good. Or let's say you get a stop and they miss the field goal. And then boom, you've got momentum right back to your side. Again, at that point, you are not thinking, you know what, Tennessee's going to come back and win this game. But you sure didn't think it after Jordan Scarlett was able to stroll into the end zone to make it 33-3. to At that point, we all knew what the outcome was going to be. Florida was going to win. It was just a matter of by how much. And Florida won by 26 points, scoring 47, the most the Gators have ever scored at Neyland Stadium. Jeremy Pruitt was asked after the game, are you surprised that your team kind of melted down, that it unraveled the way that it did? It's the best warm-up we've had all year. Best warm-up, best look, best. This wasn't the same team that went out in Charlotte. It's the best look we've had from our players, okay? Um, you know, I, I don't know what happened the first drive or whenever. There's some point in there, but we get hit in the back of the head by one of their players, right? So we fumble the ball, they score, Okay. Then we get a delay a game to start after a, a kickoff return. Why do we get a delay a game? Uh, because we've got to get them out on the field uh, and get them to snap the ball. That's pretty much elementary, and that's something that's not none of the players. That's us as coaches. We got to get fixed. All right. So we get a, a dead ball penalty. Now it's third and twenty, and we throw a screen pass and we throw it to them. You know, uh, so it's fourteen to zero. We take the ball and we go down. I think we kick a field goal. It's 14-3, to but we stalled out, okay? The onside kick's there. Why not? We want to wait and save it. So we got to execute it, just like we got to execute the power, just like we got to execute every call. So I think our guys, they're, they're learning lessons. I can tell you that. Uh, we'll continue to coach them, do the best we can, and I think our players will do the same. So I think Jeremy Pruitt still believes in his players and the effort that they can give and the way that they'll bounce back and try to work. But you also have to keep in mind what the schedule has coming up next. And I'll talk about that on the show. There's also the question of what happened with Corte Sapp. There was an answer given by Jeremy Pruitt. He had a response that was different on social media. I'll get to that coming up in just a moment right here on Locked on Vols, the daily Tennessee podcast. And today it's presented by The Athletic. Theathletic.com is a great website. And I talk about it a lot here. And I get asked a lot, how can I support the podcast? A good way to support the podcast is support those who are supporting the show. And one of those has been The Athletic. Came on board a couple of months ago. David Ubbin covers Tennessee, does a tremendous job. His weekly VFL corner is worth reading. Max Olson, Chris Vanini, Stuart Mandel, Bruce Feldman. It's a terrific group of national college football writers. The NFL coverage is great. Braves fans out there, you want to read David O'Brien and Jeff Schultz covering the Braves, who are now headed to the playoffs after winning the NL East. Here's what you do. Go to theathletic.com slash rockytalk. Theathletic.com slash R-O-C-K-Y-T-A-L-K gets you 40% off a first-year subscription. That's only $2.99 a month. I'm a subscriber. I have been for more than a year, and I'm telling you, it is well worth your money if you're a sports fan. Go to theathletic.com slash Rocky Talk. And another NFL weekend is behind us, aside from tonight's Monday Night Football game. 
If you want to play fantasy football, but you don't want to deal with the season-long issues that can happen with injuries and how do you deal with waivers each week and all of that, plus the season's three weeks in now, check out FanDuel.com. FanDuel has all kinds of ways for you to play. First of all, to play fantasy football at FanDuel, you don't have to be an expert. They have all different kinds of games. They have head-to-head matchups. They have 50-50 contests. They have single entries, and then they have the big GPPs. They have all kinds of options, plus beat the score. It's a new contest type where instead of having to come in a top place amongst a sea of competitors, you just have to beat a preset score. They also have the Gridiron Pick'em, where users choose winning teams for all of the Sunday games, so no spread. So how about this? Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. New users get a $20 bonus when making your first deposit on FanDuel. I'm playing on there. It's a lot of fun, so come play with me at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. So what happened with linebacker Corte Sapp? Corte's been in the program for four years now. He's a redshirt junior. He's a guy that's been thought of as one of the leaders for Tennessee. He's always been a great representative for Tennessee, which Jeremy Pruitt said after the game. But word traveled out that during the game, Corte Sapp had left the sideline and gone back to the locker room. And it wasn't an injury issue. He has dealt with an injury over the last couple of weeks, which has limited his playing time or just kept him out. He did not play against UTEP. But he left the sideline and was away from the team during the second half. So what happened? This is what Jeremy Pruitt said. This was his explanation after the game, talking about linebacker Corte Sapp and his exit from the game on Saturday night. Since I've been here, Corte has been uh, a really good kind of ambassador to our program. Um, Done everything that we've asked him to do. Um, But he did. He left the field during the game because he wouldn't go into the game when he when he's asked to go in. So I don't know how things were done before, but, you know, when you tell somebody to go in uh, and they refuse to go in, we're not going to do that around here. So um, I asked him to leave. He didn't leave on his own. I asked him to leave. So is he, is he no longer on the team? Or is that well, um, I, don't, I don't think right now is the time to discuss that. But to me, there's no secrets. I mean, it is what it is. So according to Jeremy Pruitt, Corte Sapp was asked to leave after he refused to go into the game. Well, Corte Sapp on Sunday morning posted on Twitter a message to Vol Nation. And he wrote that he would never disrespect his team, his coaches, his family, or the fans by not giving his all for Tennessee. He wrote this, quote, I'm only going to address the situation publicly once, knowing the current narrative has been created through miscommunication. During the Tennessee versus Florida game, I never was asked, nor did I ever refuse to go into the game. There was a sideline confrontation, and he added, I'm sure will be resolved internally, that occurred and the other party involved had to be restrained. Vol Nation, I will continue to be fully committed and give my all for Tennessee on and off the field. Now, what's interesting there is that Corte in the middle said that the narrative has been created through miscommunication. I think it's been presented as, well, one side is lying. Maybe that's the case. For sure, that could be the case because we are getting two different stories. But it could be that Jeremy Pruitt was told something that he interpreted one way and Corte is interpreting the situation differently. It might be that Jeremy Pruitt thought that Corte refused to go in when it was actually something else that caused an issue. Obviously, something happened. Obviously, that's the case. But that's a pretty strong denial from Corte Sapp to say that he was never asked to go in 
nor did he ever refuse to go into the game. It wouldn't be Jeremy Pruitt, I don't believe, that would be telling Corte Sapp to go into the game. That's usually going to be somebody else on the staff who is in charge with substitutions. So the conversation with Jeremy Pruitt had to have taken place after whatever altercation occurred, according to Corte Sapp. So the fact that Corte said there's miscommunication there tells me there's a little bit more to the story, maybe for both sides, and we'll see what happens. Does Corte Sapp remain with the team? I don't know. But Jeremy Pruitt will meet with the media later today, and I'm sure that this is going to be brought up, and we might get some more clarification on Corte's status. But at the end of the note there, he did say, I will continue to be fully committed and give my all for Tennessee on and off the field. So we'll see. This also could speak to you know, locker room issues pop up, culture issues pop up. There's the question about the mindset of the players. That, that can't be a happy sideline. So when you're going into a game, a big game at home against your rival, and you're expecting to go out there and win, and then that happens, the game plays out the way that it did, then emotions are probably going to start to creep in. And obviously, they didn't go the right way in this situation. I'll repeat that we need to find out more. I saw some comments to Corte Sapp on Twitter that I just thought were really unfortunate. Here's a guy that's been through a lot, tore his ACL his second season at Tennessee, and has always been really nice to talk to when he's met with the media, has always been generous with his time and respectful. So let's see. Let's let's see how this plays out and see what the real story is because there has to be more to it than what we've been told to this point. But I do think it is a reminder that there are cultural issues, there are locker room issues potentially that Tennessee's new coaching staff is just going to have to continue to work through And that's with a really difficult schedule coming up. So coming up here on Locked on Vols, a look at what is next for Tennessee. Hear from Jeremy Pruitt talking about what needs to be worked on and the status of quarterback Jared Garantano. All of that here on Locked on Vols, which is presented by Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. And if you think you know who's going to win the biggest game coming up, Monday Night Football tonight, college and NFL coming up this weekend, you might want to check out MyBookie. MyBookie has in-game, live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business, and great customer service. And MyBookie is slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E 
And don't forget to use the promo code ONCOLLEGE25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take the extra money. Wait until after 7 p.m., and you'll get an extra $25 free play on deposits over $100. Go to MyBookie and use promo code ONCOLLEGE25. At MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. This is not going to get any easier for Tennessee's football team. I'm still not convinced that's a very good Florida team. It's probably a bowl-eligible Florida team, a team that could win six, seven, maybe eight games, but that's going to be tough. The Gators now have Mississippi State coming up. We'll see if they can keep this going. But... Florida is not Georgia. Florida is not Alabama. Florida is not Auburn, I don't think. And coming up for Tennessee, you have a road game at Georgia this Saturday, an off week, and then Tennessee has to go to Auburn, and then after that, Tennessee has to host Alabama. After that, Tennessee has to go to play at South Carolina. That's not going to be easy either. So Tennessee is 2-2. and Tennessee has been blown out in both of its losses by West Virginia and Florida, And now Tennessee has to go to Georgia, go to Auburn, face Alabama, and then go to South Carolina. The reality is Tennessee is looking at being 2-6 and at the end of October, having to win out in November. And winning out means beating Missouri. Can you really score with that team? Beating Kentucky. Did you see what the Wildcats did to Mississippi State on Saturday night? Beating Vanderbilt's not going to be easy. Vanderbilt is a tough out. Vanderbilt has beaten Tennessee four of the last six years. And that's going to be at the end of the season in Nashville. You want to ask about the mindset. What's the mindset of Tennessee's football team if November's not gone so well either? So it's a long way to go for Tennessee this season, and I would say in future years with the program. But if you want to stick with this team, what needs to be worked on, let's be realistic. There is a lot to work on, which Jeremy Pruitt talked about Saturday night after the game. I want us to fix the team in that locker room. That's what I want to do. I want to fix a team in this locker room. I want us to play the right way. I want us to learn how to execute. I want us to do it all the time. Take care of the ball. Just fundamental details. Um, tackle better. All right. Clean up tackle. All right. Finish on the quarterback. Um, quarterback pulls the ball down. Stay in coverage. You know, just little things, just details, just part of. You know, lots of things that people take for granted, okay? People take it for granted, but if you're going to have success, you're going to have success in this league, you got to do it right, and you got to do it right all the time. And the harsh reality is Tennessee's not good at a lot right now. There is a lot for Tennessee to try to figure out those details that Jeremy Pruitt's talking about right there. Yeah, that's going to take some time. Now, another question heading into this Saturday and through the rest of the season What's the status of Jared Garantano? His health, he was beaten up on Saturday. He took way too many hits. He took that low hit that appeared to essentially knock him out of the game. That was a bad look in the way that the hit was delivered. Honestly, I would have liked Tennessee's players to have shown a little more fight there for Jared when he was knocked down that way after he had continued to get beaten up during the game. He showed his toughness. Jared has to be better, and I think he will be, but he also has to be healthy for him to be effective for Tennessee, and his teammates are not helping him in that regard. But Jeremy Pruitt did talk about Jared Garantano and his status after the game. You know, I think Jared's going to be fine. Uh, Jared's tough. Um, I knew that when I came here. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's learning on the go, and he's maturing. Uh, I think he's a guy uh, that's going to be a really good quarterback one day. I like the way he's growing into it. Um, 
you know, but we got to give the guy a chance a little bit. He can't take as many hits when he's not looking. Uh, I thought tonight he got rid of the ball, you know, on time. There's been a few times this year that maybe he might have held the ball too long, uh, but we just got to keep him off of him. Jeremy Pruitt will meet with the media later this afternoon. We'll get more thoughts from him after he will have watched the film on Saturday. Maybe some health updates on a few players, including Jared Garantano. And again, Corte Sapp, his status will come up. We'll see what Jeremy Pruitt says about that. I didn't really get to too many of the positives on Saturday. The truth is there aren't too many positives to bring up, but I'll try to do that as the week goes along. As Tennessee gets ready for Georgia, there'll be the recruiting reaction from this past weekend. So there is a lot to talk about with Tennessee football each day this week before the Vols head down to Athens to take on Georgia. And I'll do that. I'm here five days a week talking about what's going on with Tennessee's football team, the program on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The show today presented by theathletic.com slash Rocky Talk. That gets you 40% off a first-year subscription. And I have that link in the show description. Also, MyBookie, FanDuel, and Vivid Seats. I'm on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. If you want to send me any questions or comments about the show, you want to follow me there, please do so. I always appreciate hearing from you. Appreciated some of the messages during the game on Saturday. I know that was a tough one for Tennessee fans. You kind of kept it lighter on Saturday. I appreciated that. Thanks again for hanging out today, and I'll see you tomorrow. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.